what you're in need of today, he's a God who is our provision. He's still Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides. When Abraham was on his way up that mountain, Mount Moriah, and his son Isaac asked him, Lord, we have the, or he said, Father, we have the wood and we have the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And he said, the Lord shall provide for himself a sacrifice. And the word Lord there was Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And I know that Abraham was going up in obedience and he was uttering words to try to protect his son, protect him from fear of having to die. But most commentary believe that Isaac was about 30 years old at the time. And for him, a, a man into his hundreds to tie a 30-year-old man down, Isaac would have had to have been willing. Right. He got up there, he realized that he was intended to be the sacrifice and he let his father bind him with cords to the altar. The Bible said that when he drew back the dagger to slay his own son, the angel of the Lord said, stop. For now I know your your whole heart that you are not that you won't hold back anything from me. And there was a ram caught up in a thicket. God indeed had provided his own sacrifice. Doesn't mean that he won't ask us at times to sacrifice, but everything we need is bound up in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'll give yourself to him wholeheartedly today you'll find out that he's willing to give himself to you. Everything he has to offer, he's freely giving it to us through Christ. I'm telling you, if you need to be saved, there's not, there's not a sin too great that the blood of Jesus can't save you. If you need to be healed in your body today, there's not a sickness, a disease, a virus, or anything else that our God cannot and will not heal. Not a cancer, not Alzheimer's, not anything, not a blindness, a deafness, a handicap. I'm telling you, he's a healer. If you're here today and you need deliverance from anything, our God is a deliverer. He will set you free. Amen. I feel the Lord in the house today. We're going to allow our children to be dismissed to the class this morning. Say happy birthday, Miss Adley. And also uh, to uh, Madeline. And also to Hudson. Everly. We're going to read today, if you have your Bibles and want to read with us, out of Matthew chapter 15, we'll begin reading verse 29. Matthew chapter 15, beginning with verse number 29. 
do want to say before we read our text this morning uh, that during the altar service today, uh, if you're sick and need healing, I want you to let us know. We'll anoint you to pray for you. I have a number of requests. Those that uh, Sister Jackie Menard got uh, some bad, semi-bad reports back from the doctor this week concerning her cancer, and uh, she's got a spot skin that if it uh, doesn't heal properly they're going to have to take that out and look at doing skin grafts and uh, uh, we're praying she needs special prayer we're going to pray for her sister Teresa uh, we're going to pray for her and also sister uh, Anita Cook uh, she's went to the emergency room this week not knowing what was going on but they diagnosed her with vertigo it's making her very dizzy, lightheaded, sick, disoriented, and uh, she's trying to take care of her mom as well, who's pretty low in health, and so that's a, that's a very taxing thing on her, and uh, Brother Steve asked if we would really be praying for Sister Nita. She's having a very difficult time right now, so uh, we're going to be praying uh, for these needs during our altar service today. Matthew chapter 15, verse number 29. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others. Cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak and the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. His disciples say unto him, When should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to feel so great? A multitude. And Jesus saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven, and a few little fishes. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and break them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the broken meat or took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. And they did and they that did eat were four thousand men, beside women and children. Hear the heart of Jesus in his own words when he said, I will not send them away faster. And I want to preach on today a God who will not leave you hungry. Amen. A God who will not leave you hungry. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for your spirit. God, that I felt as you were inhabiting our praise this morning during worship. God, I ask you today that you'll speak to our heart by your word. Through your spirit, you'll uh, minister to meet the need that's here today. God, somebody in this house needs a miracle. and You've come, God, to meet that need. You've come as Jehovah Jireh with provision, oh God, today of healing, of deliverance, of salvation, of Holy Ghost baptism. I pray, oh God, you'll touch us around this altar. 
do an everlasting work in our heart and in our life. Don't let us leave like we came. In Jesus' name, we ask it. If you love him, would you say amen? He said, I will not send them away fasting. He said, the people have been with us now in a solitary place in the wilderness for three days now and have had nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting. In one of the gospels, it was Peter that said, Lord, the time is now past. Meaning it was evening, it was dark. And he said, you know, you need to, send the people away that they can go and find something to eat. And he said, I won't send them away fasting lest they faint in the way because they were a long way from provision. But rather the Lord's answer was make them to sit down and give them something to eat. And they said, Lord, we don't have anything to give them. Where in the world would we find enough to feed so many? And he said, what do you have? They said, just, you know, seven loaves and a, a few fish. And he said, bring it to me. He break it and he blessed it and God multiplied. But the will of God in our text is to send people away, not hungry, but to send them away full. To send them away not fainting, but to send them away with strength and power. To send them away not famished, but rather renewed, refreshed, and revived. I don't know how you come in this morning, but I do know how God desires for you to leave. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Full. The psalmist said, speaking to this very thing in Psalms 107, Beginning at verse 1, O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses, and he led them forth by the right way, that they may go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Listen to verse 9. For he satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. They were in a wilderness, in a solitary place. And the Bible said their soul fainted in them. Hungry and thirsty, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. He led them forth by the right way. He satisfied the longing soul and filled the hungry soul with goodness. It's one thing to satisfy the needs of a hungry belly, but something altogether different and completely more satisfying to fill the hungry soul. Yeah. He said their soul was fainting in them. They hungered for more than a ribeye. 
They hungered for more than bread. It was Jesus while on a fast and hungering in the natural, hungering in the flesh, but his soul hungered for the presence of the Father. And therefore the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And the Bible said in the peak of his natural hunger while seeking the Father's presence and power in his life, the devil came to him and said, I know you're hungry. And if you're hungry, if you're the Son of God, just command these stones to be made bread. And they'll be made bread. Just show me a little display of power. If you're the son of God, he said, get behind me, Satan, for his written man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus was saying and expressing to us, it's one thing to feed a man's belly. And God can do that. But it is the innermost longing of the soul that Christ is after to, to, to feel and to feed that uh, and to replenish that. And he would not uh, be denied by the devil's temptations. Uh, he fills the hungry soul, the psalmist said, with his goodness. Amen. Goodness there in the Greek is the Greek word tov. And it means uh, good things. Yeah. He fills the hungry soul with good things. And Jesus says there's nothing good are none good save one, that being God himself. Meaning he fills the hungry soul with himself, with his presence, with his power, with his word, his spirit, his anointing, his healing, his victory, his deliverance, his liberty, and his peace. Now you were born as a child in the natural with a gift of hunger and thirst. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to ask God for it. When you were born in the natural, God gave every man the gift of hunger and thirst. It came naturally. It was God's plan and his desire that as you hunger and thirst that you would grow. So he gifted you with hunger and thirst. And one blessed gift that could alone satisfy both needs, hunger and thirst, was milk. 1 Peter 2 and 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that she may grow thereby. We desire milk naturally as babes and hunger and thirst are God's gift. And so is the milk that satisfies. That's God's gift to us. If God gifted you with hunger and thirst, then God also gifted you with provision. Oh, yes. He has what you hunger and thirst for yeah. if you would cry and ask him for it. As adults, we have to do more, though, than just sleep and eat. That's what babies do. God's desire is for us to grow, not only physically, but also mentally and spiritually. There's a greater purpose in life than just sleeping and eating. Our problem is we fill up on the wrong things if we are not careful. We fill up 
on the carnal and let the spiritual starve. Well, I didn't even get an amen out of that. We fill up on the carnal and let the spiritual man starve. And when I say carnal, I'm not saying all things that are carnal are sinful. I'm not. You know, there are things in this life that we can and will enjoy as Christians, but if that's all you ever do is soak up the things of life and soak up the things of the world, listen, I know God made nature beautiful. But I'm not going to sit in a tree stand on a Sunday morning soaking up God's beautiful nature when my soul is famished. I'm not going out in that bay or in that gulf fishing on a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, or Wednesday evening and soaking up all the beauty of nature while my soul is famished. Say amen to me right there. Amen. I know that touches a lot of people. But I want to tell you, a lot of people, if you could see their stature spiritually as God sees them. Look, it was the church in Laodicea that said, God said to them, you're rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. You're full. Right up to the brim. You have no hunger or thirst or desire for spiritual things. You have everything you need or want in the natural realm. He said, but you don't even know that you're poor, that you're miserable, that you're blind, and that you're naked. He said, I would counsel you to buy me gold tried in the fire. I would counsel you to ask me for spiritual riches. If they could have seen themselves as God seen them, they were poor. They were skin and bones. I've seen poor people in Africa. They were literally bones. Just skin wrapped over bone. I'm telling you, no muscle tissue at all. The only nourishment that dying body could get was to eat itself. When your body is starving, it eats its own muscle tissue to, to try to, the organs does, to try to stay alive and to keep your body fun. They literally had no biceps. You couldn't see any you know, any muscular tissue in their legs, no calf muscles, no muscle in their thigh region, no muscle on their backside, no muscle in their chest. They were literally skin wrapped over bone with a protruding, swollen belly. They were literally dying of starvation, dying of malnutrition. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of people who never pray, who never seek God's face, who never attend God's house, who are never in the presence of the Lord. And in their spiritual man, they are starving like those children that I fed in Africa. They are literally starving their soul to death. They're raising children, starving their children spiritually to death. 
if the only time your children ever get to hear a Bible verse is in a kindergarten class, you're starving them to death. There was a parable told me years ago by a preacher who's gone to heaven now. And the parable was this, the, the dog and the dove. Maybe you've heard it before. I never had when he shared it. And Brother Bill Burkett is the one that shared it. He says, the story goes, there was a, a man, he was a widower and the only friend or the only companion that he had to share his heart and his love with was a, a little pet dove that he had and he kept it there in the house with him. He had it in a little cage and he'd move that cage around through the house as he did his chores and he would talk to that dove and he would, you know, sing to that dove. He'd feed and water and care for that dove and that dove would just coo and do what doves do and kind of sing back to him and the two shared a bond and an attachment. It was an outlet for him to, you know, somebody to talk to and something to love on and the dove seemed to just thrive in his presence. And one day an old stray dog wandered up outside the house. It was skin and bones, starving to death in pitiful shape. So the man went to the store and bought some feed and he began to take care of that dog. And that dog began to fill out. Dog began to look a lot more healthy. He began to spend time with that dog. And the more time he spent with that dog, the less time he spent with the dove. And as he spent less time with the dove, the dove's demeanor seemed of a sad countenance. There was no more singing and cooing from the dove. And at times he would even forget to feed or water the dove. And the dove was very neglected. And he noticed one day that the dove's health seemed to be fading. And he said, my, I am neglecting my long time companion in my Long time friend, I, I'm discovering I have spent very little time with the dove and I used to spend all my time with the dove. Look at how skinny it's grown and look how pitiful it is and I need to start taking better care and spending more time and feeding and watering it, you know, on, on a more regular basis. Every time he would make a move toward the the dove, the dog, had become increasingly jealous of his time and attention. He went to scoop out a little feed and open the cage and put it in where the dove was and the dog got in, in between him and the, and the feed and began to growl and snarl and even snapped at him to try to bite him. So he backed away from the feed and he eased over to the dove cage and he you know, began to try to talk to the dove and the dog came up and growled and barked and snapped at him. He said, what's wrong with you? Every time he tried to show any attention to the dove, the dog rose up and it troubled him because the dove was suffering and he couldn't spend the time or give the care or attention to the dove that he really desired to. 
And so that evening he was weeping and crying and it came to him. He said, you know, if I do the dog, like the dog is making me do the dove, he'll be the one that's weak and puny and malnourished. When he gets so weak and puny that he can't, you know, be a threat to me anymore, I'm going to put this dog back on the road where he came from. And so he just for several days refused to feed the dog or water the dog. It wasn't long till the dog began to shrivel up. He got skinny. You could count the ribs on him. The man started easing over, showing his time and attention and care for the dove. And the dove began to revive and to be encouraged and to be nourished and to thrive. And the dog was too weak to do anything about it. The man grabbed the dog by the collar walked him out of the house, out to the edge of the road, and said, now you get out of here and don't come back. In case you're wondering, the dove was symbolic of the Spirit of God and the dog is symbolic of the carnal nature. If you feed the dove, if you feed your spirit, if you feed your spiritual man, The Bible said if we sow to the flesh, we shall of the flesh reap corruption. But if we sow to the Spirit, we shall also of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Your your spiritual man is only as strong as you allow him to be. He said as babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Hey, if you feed this carnal man, or, or the not the carnal man, if you feed the natural man, you're going to have to, before long, go up in suit sizes. You're going to have to hunt a bigger belt. Hello. <laughs> you're going to move up. You're going to grow up. Somebody said, don't say it grow out. (laughs) That's the natural, but in the spiritual, if you feed the spiritual man, guess what? You're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let a man spend time in the presence of God praying and praying and praying. I'll tell you, he gives himself to God you give yourself to God in the altar, he's going to give himself back to you and the fire's going to fall on that altar. Going to baptize uh, that that you put on the altar in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Power. That's God's power. That's God's strength. That's God's anointing is going to fill and flood your soul. You're going to prosper in the spirit. Uh, You're going to grow up uh, in the Lord. The devil nor the flesh won't soon hinder you if you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But you neglect the altar. You neglect the word. You neglect the house of God. You're going to get puny spiritually and you're going to find you can't stand against anything. 
every little whim, every little want, every little problem, every little trial, every little thing is going to knock you down, knock you back, knock you out. Your testimony is going to be, I just can't do it. It's just too hard. I want to tell you, you've starved that dog. If you'd yeah. starved that carnal nature, how so? You can fast, you fast meals, but more so if you turn the TV off, more so if you turn down, you know, the things of this world and say, I'm going to give myself wholeheartedly my time, my attention, my devotion, my love, my affection. I'm going to give all of me to him. And God, you'll find out that God will in turn give all of him unto you. You'll be strong. God's gift to us, if our spirit is famished, is hunger and thirst. God has to work up an appetite in most people. Say, how so? What do you mean? If they're full up on the world and they've got no spiritual appetite, then God works you one up because he loves you. God sees what your spiritual man looks like. And rather than have you waste away and die famished spiritually, God says, I need to do something to stir up their hunger and thirst. I need to work them up an appetite so they'll cry out to me in prayer. Work, toil, labor, strife, anguish, turmoil, problems, sorrow, famine, drought. Sorrow makes me long for joy. Problems make me long for peace. Hardship makes me long for rest. A baby cries out naturally when it's hungry, and so will we spiritually. Listen again to the psalmist in Psalms 107 and 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. They've got nowhere to rest. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. God was the one that allowed them to wander in the wilderness. God was the one that gave them no city to dwell. He's talking about Israel wandering in the wilderness. Uh, no promised land. No satisfying thing. No good things from God were to be had in that wilderness. Do you want to know why? Because when God would have had them enter in, they didn't want to enter in. So God said, I'll let you wander for 40 years. And by the time I'm done with you, you'll beg me to go in. Come on, You let a kid get hungry. I don't like green beans. I don't like vegetables. Let them go three days without eating. They'd eat grass. I ain't lying to you. You know, spiritually speaking, I learned as a pastor, there were a lot of things I wouldn't eat, a lot. But when you pastor and you go and visit somebody and they work and toil over a stove and they fix a meal and they set it out, now pastor, this is my specialty. 
Everybody loves my turnips. I'd always hate the turnips. Everybody loves my turnips, and I just get that smile on my face like, all right. Kind of like I get in Africa when they set something in front of you, and you're like, what is that? Please don't make me eat that. I will never forget. So they put me a worthy portion on the plate. So you're going to love these. And I thought, oh, I bet I am. I took that fork and dipped in and put it in my mouth and I thought, man, what have I been missing all of my life? These things are good. And when I got through, I said, I believe I'll have a little more. But you know, still there are things that I wouldn't eat. Some things you don't eat because you've never tasted. You don't like the way it looks. You don't like the way it smells. Uh, you don't like the texture of it. Uh, you just never really taste it to see that, hey, that's pretty good. Amen. But there are other things I still didn't like. I had tasted in the past. I had one bad experience with it. I ain't ever eaten that again. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's some things y'all won't eat right now as an adult because you had a bad experience as a child. Say amen to it. I got your mind thinking on all the things that you won't eat. I went on an extended fast pastoring. I want to tell you my natural man was so hungry. I'm telling you, when I come off that fast, my taste buds were never so alive as they had been in my whole life. I could taste every, the savory sweetness of everything I put in my mouth. My taste sensories were through the roof. I had fasted for three weeks on one occasion in the first place, I said, I, I need to go somewhere where I can eat light and I can eat something that's not real greasy because I learned the hard way. If you fast for a week or longer at a time, you put grease on that thing. You're going to regret. Nobody taught me how to fast or even how to come off of a fast. The Lord taught me the hard way. I come off that fast, I said, I need to go somewhere where I can eat, you know, a variety of things, eat light and eat something not greasy. I went to Ryan's when Ryan's was still open and folded. I went there and I just got me the, I didn't get me a big old plate, I got me one of those little saucers and I said, this is all I'm gonna eat. Paid for the buffet and all I got was a saucer. And I got some black eyed peas and some green beans and some macaroni and cheese and I think maybe some mashed potatoes. Just a whole plate of carbs. And I looked at that little saucer with Jonathan and I said, what do I want to eat first? I mean, I ain't done this in three weeks. I'm just savoring the moment. I'm about to put a fork in my mouth for the first time in a long time. 
And so I decided I want the first bite I've had in three weeks to be macaroni and cheese. Got it on my fork and I put it in my, I had a cheese explosion. <laughs> my eyes rolled back in my head. Literally, I'm not kidding you. I said, oh my God, that's the best macaroni I've ever tasted in my life. Those black-eyed peas and green beans and mashed potatoes, they were awesome! I'd ate at Ryan's a thousand times. If it was still there, I'd probably still be eating there. They used to feed preachers for free on Sunday, and every pastor in Baltimore County was there. But I started eating stuff, Brother Jonathan, that I never said I would eat. It's like my taste buds came alive. I started eating stuff like coleslaw, all kind of things that as a child I, I had one bad bite. Woo, I don't like that. I'm not eating that again. But I'm telling you, I mean the taste, I could taste, you know, lettuce had a had a good taste too. I didn't need ketchup. I didn't eat mayonnaise or mustard or hot sauce or jalapenos. I could taste everything and it tasted good. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses. God said, I'll let you wander long enough uh, till you really get hungry. Till you really desire what I want you to have. Do you really seek spiritual nourishment? You go for a while wandering in a spiritual wilderness uh, and then uh, let the Lord lead you to a church uh, that's spiritually alive where the Holy Ghost is moving, uh, where he's alive, where there's manna from heaven uh, on a regular basis. Uh, oh my God. I'm telling you, it'll satisfy the longing of your soul. Sometimes, though, we don't know what we got until it's gone. I want to tell you, if you don't uh, feast on what God prepares for you, if you don't desire the spiritual things, uh, God will send you on a journey. God will send you on a wilderness journey, wandering from place to place. No rest, uh, no nourishment, uh, no strength, uh, no power. No joy, no peace. No victory, no anointing. And then you'll find an altar. And you'll cry out to God. Would to God I could feel your power again. Would to God there'd be some joy in my soul. Some victory in my life. What are you facing today? What are you up against right now? What is your problem? More so, has it done its job? Meaning, are you hungry? Does your soul feel faint within you? You need to cry out to Jesus this morning. We sang it in our first hymn, Matthew 11 and 28, Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. 
Rest is God's gift. Peace is God's gift. As a matter of fact, in the book of Galatians, it is fruit. Yes. What is fruit to me in the natural is food, is sustenance, yeah. is nourishment, is strength. You let a man that's hungry, he's not starving, he's not famished, but He's just hungry. He needs something in the middle of the day to tide him over. We call it a snack to get him to a place where he can eat a meal, an apple, an orange, a banana, some type of fruit. Fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. God said, I'll sustain you. I'll be your sustenance. I'll be your strength. I'll be your power. I'll be your joy. I'll be your rest. You won't want for anything. The psalmist said in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for anything. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. Amen. Hear what he's doing? He's feeding David like a shepherd would a sheep. As long as David is longing for the shepherd, as long as David is following the shepherd, as long as David is longing for the provision that the shepherd provides. He said, I'll never want for anything. But the day you begin to turn your nose up at the green pasture and the still water, the day you think the wilderness is a better path than following the shepherd, he's going to let you take a journey. You're going to go out there and you're going to snuff up the, the dust. You're going to search for green pastures. Yeah. You're going to long to be in the presence of the Lord. You're going to be famished for a good Holy Ghost filled service Hallelujah. until you cry out for the Lord, until you begin to seek Him. He said, Ask, and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. He finished that saying, if any, he said, if you being evil or carnal by nature know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him or to them that seek him or them that desire I want to ask you, has your hardship, has your trouble, has your labor and toll, has your misery done its job? Has it made you long for Jesus? Has it made you desire to get into his presence? Has it made you cry out to him like a hungry child and say, Lord, I'm famished? 
for the power of your spirit to move and work in my life. And his answer is, come unto me. And I will give you rest. Come unto me, I will give you peace. Come unto me, I will give you joy. I will give you victory. I will give you healing. I will give you peace. I will give you liberty. I'll give you these things when you desire them. Jeremiah said, when you shall seek me with your whole heart, I will be found of you. Curse if you'll help me. I'm finished this morning. If you're able, stand with me this morning. A God who will not leave you hungry. Jesus said unto Peter, when he said, Lord, send the people away, that they can find something to eat. They haven't ate for three days. They need to go find something to eat. These people are about to pass out. Send them away. And Jesus was saying, where at? In the wilderness. Would you like for me to send them? Where in this world would you like for me, a pastor, to send people so that they could find help? Just ask Joe Biden. He'll help you. Just ask Mr. Obama, he'll help you. Just ask so-and-so, he'll help you. Just ask the doctor, he'll help you, will he? Can he? Ask the psychiatrist, he'll help you, will he? Can he? He'll prescribe something to you. But I don't know that it helps you. It don't make the problem go away. It might dull your senses to it but it won't make it go away. Tell me, where can I send somebody if they need joy? Where can I send the troubled soul when they need peace? Where can I send the sick, the diseased, the infirmed for hope of healing? Where at in the world? He said, no, I won't send them away hungry. I won't send them away hurting. I won't send them away weak. I won't send them away famished. I will feed them. I will provide for them. He told Peter, make them to sit down and feed them. Peter said, Lord, I can't feed them. That's where Jesus wanted to bring every preacher to. I can't feed them. He said, no, you can't. But you're going to have to bring me what little you do have. I'll break it. I'll multiply it. And I'll make it to feed the people. Oh, God, I was telling Brother Tracy Boyd, we were talking about all the fluff and all the stuff that makes churches go. All the fluff and all the stuff that supposedly makes churches grow. I said, Brother Tracy, 
All I am is just a country boy. I don't have the fluff and I don't have the stuff. If I don't have an altar, if I don't have a place with God where he speaks to my heart, where he can break me in that altar and give a, a word to me and then have me to give it to his people, there's no hope for me. I can't make it in ministry without the Lord because I don't have anything to give. said I got a few fish and a few loaves the Lord took it in his hands and broke it and blessed it and gave it to the disciples and the disciples then gave it to the people and when it was over with they were all full it says and when they were all filled there were twelve baskets left over God is a God of abundance he don't want you going home with your problems God is a God of abundance. He don't want you going home weak and famished. God is a God of abundance. In the altar today, you can get healing. You can get deliverance. You can find joy and peace and satisfaction for your famished soul. You don't have to go home like you came. I wonder how many meet the Lord in the altar this morning. Say, Lord, I'm desperate for you. Lord, my soul is hungry for you. Maybe you feel like the old man, the dog and the dove. It's time to starve that dog out. Lead him by the collar out to the roadside and say, get out of here and don't come back. I'm going to nourish my relationship with the dove. Hallelujah to God. I'm going to feed the dove this morning. Amen. I'm going to Get back to that place where it's me and God. Where I know the joy of the Lord is my strength. Where there's victory and power in my testimony. That's what I'm going back to. Would you meet me in this altar this morning? Let's seek him together. Thank you, Jesus.